0: Hello, movie friends. Welcome back to Raiders of the Lost Podcast, the ultimate film and TV podcast. And you're tuned in right now to movie news. There's so much to go over from the last week in film and TV developments. We got the new Lord of the Rings movies that Warner Brothers just has to make. They can't help themselves. It's it's going to be called the L-O-T-R-C-U, the Lord of the Rings Cinematic Universe. And it'll never end. (laughs) I'm sure there'll be lots of origin stories in that. We're going to talk about Ant-Man's massive drop at the box office, as well as so many trailers to go over. But before we continue, listen up, Canadian listeners, because we're doing a Jurassic Park live movie concert giveaway with our friends Glatz Concerts. This will be in Toronto on March 3rd. They're hosting this amazing live concert, playing the music, accompanying the film as it's being projected on a big screen. This is going to be the Toronto Orchestra playing John Williams' iconic score for Jurassic Park during the movie for the 30th year anniversary. To enter... All you have to do is go on our Instagram. I posted a graphic for this giveaway. If you can be in Toronto on March 3rd and you can go to this event, definitely enter the contest. Leave a comment on that graphic, on that post on Instagram. You can't miss it. It should be at the top of the feed. If you don't have Instagram, send us an email at contact at podcast.com Now, this does not come with travel fees or anything like that. So, if you can't be in Toronto of your own accord, I really recommend not entering this contest and maybe taking it away from somebody who can be in Toronto. Again, it's going to be on March 3rd with Glatz Concerts. And it's going to be a Jurassic Park 30th anniversary live concert with a full orchestra. Thanks, Glatz Concerts, for doing this event. They have events like this all over North America year-round. So, they do the Harry Potter movies, a bunch of Spielberg movies, obviously, So if you want to check out their schedule, go to glatzconcerts.com. That's G-L-A-T-Z, concerts.com. Also go to their Instagram, TikTok, glatzconcerts, G-L-A-T-Z. Thanks so much to partnering with us on this giveaway. We wish we could go. We can't make it to Toronto, but two of you definitely can. Good luck, everyone. Now let's get into the box office of the weekend. Now, we saw some very troubling signs ahead for Marvel Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantumania, is still at the top of the box office with $30 million this weekend. However, it had the second worst drop in MCU history with a 72% drop from its opening weekend. So it was totally front-loaded. Also, a 72% drop means that people are not getting word of mouth spread out. It, the word of mouth is bad on the film as well as not repeat viewings. Marvel movies often make money. Some They'll do well because people will see the film two, three times in theaters. And Yeah, Anthony's a huge Marvel head. He's usually that guy. <laughs> <laughs> he was dressed up as Ant-Man for this one. <laughs> <laughs> and so obviously the movie made a ton of money. But I don't predict. I don't see this film making six hundred or seven hundred million like they want it to. It looks like it'll top out at maybe five, maybe five and a half worldwide because of the poor word of mouth. So it looks like. Fans and audiences aren't really feeling the Ant-Man Quantumania film. Which means it's barely going to break even if it even does. We'll see. And, I mean, it barely beat Cocaine Bear in the second weekend. The second weekend of an MCU movie should be monstrous. But, man, $30 million from Ant-Man. And let's also remember... The front, this opening weekend it had, that was on a three day weekend with the Wednesday previews, Thursday previews. So I know it was a huge opening weekend, what was like 225 million. That's technically a five day weekend opener when you're counting Monday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and then even a little bit of Wednesday. Like they're kind of like patting those stats for sure. (laughs) It's a a five, six day weekend. They all do it now, though. They all do that. Plus, I mean, I, I feel like we should start adjusting for inflation for movies released in the last five to 10 years compared to today because inflation has taken a a huge toll in the last 10 years for sure last five years so i mean so you're saying like you what's the number of tickets sold Kind of because we always bring up uh, inflation for movies that came out in like 1980, but like we should really be doing that for like the last 10 years as well. Yeah, I would say the number of tickets sold. Well, actually, there are some websites that you can see that box office mojo is one of them where you can see actually not just the grosses, but the number of tickets sold per film. And that's a really big, clear indicator of how popular a film is, especially with inflation, which is why how so many of so many old films still when adjusted for inflation are all timers. At the box office because of the sheer number of tickets they've actually sold and butts and seats they got. So this is—I don't think that Marvel is too panicked because they still have a huge lineup of films coming out. But I think I do think that this is a bad sign for Phase Five and the next slate of films. They obviously have a 10-year plan going forward from here, so they'll be fine. But this is not the kind of box office potential with the legs that they're used to. I think they are panicking because they put so many projects on hold over the last couple months. A lot of their TV shows, a lot of their movies. I mean, just pushing the Marvels back another six months for 2023 in November, even though they released the poster just to give us something to chew on, it's still not good news, yeah. which means yeah. they're obviously reworking it. So it seems like they're panicking a little bit. Especially because Disney lost yeah. what five billion. I would say, yeah, maybe they're panicking is maybe isn't the right word, but making a transition and changing. I would say they're assessing assessing their situation. Their situation. <laughs> okay, they're panicking. <laughs> <laughs> Everything's on fire. <laughs> <laughs> I remember that dog this? meme. <laughs> <laughs> Everything's fine. But in second place was Cocaine Bear, which had a shocking twenty one million dollar opening weekend. Elizabeth Banks directed this film with a great cast and audiences seem to be enjoying the film and getting exactly what it was advertised with the trailer. Uh, box office projections were actually in the teens for this film, so it, it 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 passed all projections and became a really big hit. This is a really great sign for just like in like original ideas and it's great to see it in the top 5. And then in third place was Jesus Revolution, which has a $14 million opening weekend. Avatar 2 came in third fourth place with 5 million and then Puss in Boots rounded out the top five with $4 million. Those two films have pretty good legs. They've been both in the top five for the last month and a half. All right, now let's get into the biggest news of the week for sure, which was Warner Brothers announcing new Lord of the Rings movies at Warner Brothers Discovery coming soon. Now, on Thursday at an earnings call, Warner Brothers Discovery CEO David Zaslav, who I don't think has he's even had the position for six months now, announced that newly installed studio leaders Mike DeLuca and Pam Abdi have brokered a deal to make multiple films based on the beloved J.R.R. Tolkien's books. Now, what does this mean? Are they going to reboot the trilogy, remake those three movies? I'm not sure they haven't released any details yet. My guess is that they're going to use the books, not necessarily make the three movies over again, maybe eventually. But I think first they're going to start off with like, a bunch of origin stories, Aragorn origins, like twelve <laughs> Strider years. Strider origins. Aragorn, twelve years old, meeting <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Arwen. Aru, Arwen. Aru, Arwen, 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 sorry, not Aowen, Arwen. No, get it right. Aowen's in love with Aragorn. Subscribe. <laughs> <laughs> Arwen, this is that's what got our biggest hate when we first started the show. Lord, <laughs> Lord of the Rings, our Lord of the, the Rings episodes, <laughs> so much hate. Uh, Gandalf origins from the. The conception of time Gandalf was born. Like Well, Gandalf, you have the most uh, material to mind because of how long he's lived on Earth. So it's just, you could do a ton of stuff. But there is a lot of stuff from the books that they never go over. I mean, Tom Bombadil, like, people have been asking for him to be in a screen adaptation for a while. <laughs> <laughs> you're looking at me like I'm crazy. No, no, yeah, you're right, you're right. <laughs> I don't know how, I, I, just, I just don't know how I feel about everything. Being expanded because I the films are perfect and I love them and they are a cherished part of my life as a film lover and also many of you as well. I just don't know how I feel about so many adaptations because not only is this going on, but Amazon has their Lord of the Rings. But then also last year, remember, there's a that European company also bought the rights to characters from Lord of the Rings. So they're making adaptations as well. And there's also an animated one coming out this year, I think. The an Battle anime, Hel- the Battle of Helm's Deep. Yeah, right? yeah. So my concern is like we have three different movie studios making adaptations of Lord of the Rings characters and stories. So that's what I'm. I just feel it's just so odd because obviously Amazon only has the rights to certain bits, and it seems like Warner Brothers bought the rights to tokens. Uh, most of tokens work. But then also that other that European company, I can't remember the name of it, they bought the rights to certain characters. And so are we going to be getting so many adaptations of these stories that from various studios that we like our our heads going to be spinning with so much content. That's what I'm worried about. I'm pretty sure Amazon only has the rights to similarian or just even a couple pages from it. Yeah, but this I mean it's still 5 seasons of a show they're making with half that. Yeah, it, but also like that other studio, like if we're going to have five major studios making this movies and films and TV shows of these. You know, half of me is just very unexcited about this. The other half of me is like, "Oh, it's great con- content from one of your favorite franchises some of your favorite characters your favorite fictional world of all time like what are you upset about it's going to exist which means it's going to be great right not necessarily but half of me I'm torn because I love Lord of the Rings so much but I, st- I feel like when you keep making overproducing a product and milking it it takes away from the original it takes away from how great that original was because you'll never attain that you'll never really get anything close to it really in my opinion even though they'll try so hard it just Makes those originals, if anything, actually makes them even better though. They make it make it makes them more cherished in a lot of ways. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And I did a poll on Twitter for this. So <laughs> I did a poll that said, Do you want new Lord of the Rings movies? I gave three options for an answer. They were yes, no, and stop it, Hollywood. <laughs> so 13% of the vote, which was almost 300 votes, said, Yes, I want new Lord of the Rings movies. Only 13%. Forty-three percent said no, and forty-four percent said stop at Hollywood. <laughs> so that is seventy-seven percent of the votes. So, I mean, oh, I'm sorry, eighty-seven percent of the vote said, "I do not want new Lord of the Rings movies," which I think fits in the criteria of us as well and yeah. most people. Like, I think Warner Brothers obviously they don't care; they're trying to make some money. That's what studios do. They're milking IPs. They're they're changing the end, ending to I Am Legend to make another movie out of it. <laughs> <laughs> so they're doing what they gotta do to make money. It's it's disappointing. You, wish you, you get new original stories, maybe new fantasy stories, new sci fi stories but just to milk the same thing over and over and over again. And now, obviously, the news of the new Harry Potter franchise. Are they actually going to reboot the movies, or are they going to do The Cursed Child? Well, that's that's also been announced by Warner Brothers. They're going to adapt. The the rumor—it's not official, but the rumor is they're adapting The Cursed Child into a trilogy, and they're in talks with the main trio of actors to reprise their lead roles. I'd be shocked if they were able to do that. I mean, I know Emma Watson, she wanted to quit Harry Potter while they were making them. Yeah, she apparently—yeah, I— she was like reluctant to sign on to the Deathly Hallows films and she also is kind of semi retired. I I doubt that they that they're able to get Emma Watson back. They'd have to write some huge fucking checks. <laughs> <laughs> huge checks. Dude. Emma, look at all these zeros. 50 million for one. Look at movie. all these. Zeros. They'd have to write some really really big checks because yeah. I know Rupert Grint, like he's even been outspoken recently about how much he didn't how much he didn't really enjoy making those movies towards the end of the franchise. Radcliffe obviously, I'm sure he might might come back. I've heard I've heard him express disinterest in coming back like years ago about doing Curse Child. So, I don't know if that's even legit rumors. Yes, they're obviously trying to de- de- develop them, but What are you gonna do if you can't get them three back? But also, I'm not. I don't honestly don't like the cursed child story. What if they changed it up? If they if they changed it, yeah. But I've read it. Have you read it? I have not. It's it's quite dark, and it's it's surprising the direction that they went with the characters and with Harry's kids. I was shocked with what happened in that, and it didn't. It just didn't feel right when I I, I just it didn't feel right, and so I'm not. I hope they don't. Honestly, hope they don't adapt that exact version of the story. I still think it's a no-brainer to make Marauders, man. Marauders. Did we... No, we didn't go to on video. We're we're still going. going. It's a no-brainer to make the Marauders. Absolutely. absolutely. I don't know what they're waiting on. I don't think they'll ever do it. They're probably... No, no. They're probably planning it right now. No way. They just haven't announced it. They they won't do it. They're going to make it. They won't do it. Absolutely, they will. I'll be shocked if they do it, even though it's the most number one no-brainer thing to do. Yeah, it is. Honestly, it is. Honestly. Unless they... Maybe they could also start making content out of the game Hogwarts Legacy because that's gonna be canon for the Wizarding World now, so they can make shows and movies based on characters from that game. Yeah. And it's very successful. Yeah. Eight hundred and we'll fifty see. million dollars in sales in its first two weeks. Whoa, that's crazy. Over twelve million copies sold and it's only on PS five and Xbox One. Damn. I believe. And then when it goes expands to the other consoles, it's gonna keep destroying. Absurd. So there's always there's still an intense thirst for Harry Potter. Yeah, that's why I think they have plans for the Marauders. I think they're just they're waiting to announce it. Is I I doubt they're like not even considering it. You know what I mean? But the thing with Lord of the Rings, I just worry that with three different companies making content, it's just gonna be so much oversaturation. And I don't know. That's just I I'm just such a big fan of the originals. They're so important to me. And they really are some of the greatest films ever made and I just don't I honestly at this moment I don't wanna see more adaptations at all. I don't I just don't wanna see them. More of Lord of the Rings? At all. I just I I, I think there's just such a special thing in cinema's history and I don't I'm just not a fan of Making more content from it. What about Schmeagle origins? <laughs> Schmeagel in <Schmier>. the cave. <laughs> Five hundred years in the cave. <laughs> they just live stream it. <laughs> He's just killing fish, and bashing them against rocks. Ah <laughs> uh, yeah. I'm I'm disappointed, but it's expected this is the world we, we're living in in entertainment in Hollywood. We have to get used to it, I think. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. But as much as we are disappointed yeah. by it, we, it's just we can't control it because we're peasants. We just have to sit by and watch. <laughs> but it, there's nothing we can do about it. We just have to sit back and take it. But there is one good thing to come out of the news that I think Warner Brothers is in the right direction. Where Peter Jackson and his co-writers, who actually three people worked on the stories of the trilogy and wrote them, they had, they said that Warner Brothers has kept them in the loop and has been talking to them while they've been buying the rights and figuring out what to do. So they went the opposite direction of Amazon, which basically distanced itself completely from the creator, from the makers of the original trilogy and had no input. They didn't let them have any input at all. Warner Brothers is con- is talking to Peter Jackson and them. So I think that's a good good sign, at least, that they are respecting the people who crafted the perfect adaptations of the books to see their opinions and and get get their insight. Yeah, so specifically he's talking about uh, Philippa Boyens and Fran Walsh who were integral to adapting the books into the screenplays, doing the screenplays and with Peter Jackson. So they were as much part yeah. of the creation of those that trilogy as he was. They have co-writing credits, yeah. So it's actually – it's great because I know when we read with the interviews from Peter Jackson when they were developing it with Amazon, The Rings of Power, he was in conversations with them initially if – You know, they reached out to him if he'd like to be involved with the original people who were running the show. And then when those people got axed, Peter Jackson got ghosted, basically, and he never heard back from Amazon about Rings of Power, and they never took any of his input or suggestions. I think it's pretty obvious with the story. Yeah. And then, I mean, it worries like adaptations like Netflix adapting Avatar Last Airbender, and they've probably changed it so much, which is why the two creators of the show left the Netflix adaptation of the series, which is just very worrying as a fan of that show it's just i don't know i just i don't know i I don't like when i'm not liking these big companies buying these ips and then making new versions or just spin-offs after spin-off after spin-off it's a gold rush it's an ip war it's not because it's not like it's marvel or dc comics where they have an insurmountable amount of stories of characters that have been written for decades where there's just so much material to draw from. It's that's already been written. And there's 70 versions of Batman yeah. at yeah, least. Yeah, exactly. It's not like that where it's just, there's just so much stuff to pull from like with the tokens, with Tolkien's writing, there's not that much of it and it's minuscule in comparison to those. So that's what I, which means that like most of it's going to be just fictional, not fi- most of it's going to be new stories. And not what he wrote. What if they made a movie of Aragorn, like, as, like, an older king, Mm -hmm. like, going to war? Sounds interesting. Like... Warner Brothers, hit me up. <laughs> you got the job. You got Here's it, $500 million. I mean, all I have to do is direct an indie hit, right? <laughs> oh, no, that's MCU. That's, a, that's, that's Disney, yeah. Disney, you darked it, an indie movie, and you get a $200 million budget. <laughs> Don't fuck it up. <laughs> <laughs> you had seven cast and crew last time. Oh, it should be a piece of cake for you. Water, Warner Brothers has done that a few times. That, move, that Keanu Reeves movie, 47 Ronin. They gave it to a first time director. Mm-hmm. It was a $250 million movie. Yeah, I remember and it, that was like a huge bomb. Yeah. It was a commercial director. I can't remember his name, but it was his first film. It's wild. Yeah. Um, I think, see, like something like that entices me a bit because we're not rebooting, or at least we're continuing a story of Aragorn and Arwen. I just have a, I, it, ge- it leaves a bad taste in my mouth that it, it's not p- what Tolkien wrote. No, I know, but yeah. still. Like I said, we just have to get used to this. There's nothing yeah. we can do. Yeah, yeah, we yeah. gotta just take it on the chin, bro. Yeah. Yeah. Take that haymaker. <laughs> It's gonna no. It's gonna be a lot of jabs. It's is gonna be it is. A, it's gonna <laughs> an endless spree of jabs. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you like Lord of the Rings? <laughs> 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 oh, you like Star Wars? <laughs> 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 We're all delirious now. <laughs> We're punch drunk. Oh, you like John Wick? <laughs> John Wick 76. I love John Wick. Not no, not talking shit, but no, yeah, because they are extending that one too. But it's, it seems like they're not doing too much, mi- too many adaptations for now. <laughs> Everyone, everything's getting diverse. Wait. They, in 40 years when Keanu's like when Keanu's dead it'll be like John John Wick reboot 16 spin offs <laughs> <laughs> no he'll never die he's a vampire dude. <laughs> did you know that he actually he's refusing to sell his uh, appear his uh, likeness for future uses of his of his it's of my his face. man it's my guy he says he doesn't want to do that at all it's my guy he's never gonna sell his likeness it's because legends live on forever <laughs> not artificially <laughs> Love it. All right, let's get into, there were a lot of movie trailers that came out this past week. I think the most uh, notable one is About My Father, which is a Sebastian Maniscalco film he he wrote, starring him and Robert De Niro. Why would you do that? <laughs> <laughs> he's hilarious. And he, he's going on a trip with his, and he's bringing along his uh, Italian immigrant embarrassing father for the trip to meet his, in, his uh, future in-laws. And it's just basically a culture shock for him and his dad to deal with, dealing with his dad around these people. And it looks terrible, but also good at the same time. (laughs) I don't know how I feel about it, but I just think that two of them together, two Italian superstars, it seems like a lot of fun. I mean, he's probably the biggest comic in the world. Yeah. It's really cool. He's acting with De Niro again. He was in The Irishman. Yeah. So they had some scenes together in that movie. So it's really cool to see them working together outside of like a Martin Scorsese movie. Doing something fun, and De Niro's got great comedy chops, and I love Sebastian's old stand-up comedy specials where he's always talking about his Italian family, especially so many bits about his father. Yeah, it's hilarious. I can't wait to see like what he puts into the movie and the script from his past with his fam, with his father, and just like the influence of that character with De Niro playing it. I saw an interview where he was someone talked to him about his uh, role in The Irishman, and he was like super nervous. And he was like, oh my god, De Niro's here, De Niro's here. And they were standing in in the scene getting ready to shoot his first like take with De Niro. And he was like dying. He was like panicking inside. And then De Niro just walks up to him and fixes his tie. And he goes, your, your tie was crooked. <laughs> Why would you do that? <laughs> All right, we got a new trailer for Guy Ritchie's latest film, Operat- Operation Fortune, Rus de Guerre. Starring Jason Statham and Hugh Grant. Wow, the pronunciation is terrible. <laughs> you don't speak other languages. Rue de Gear, Gear. I mean, is that? I don't, I don't I don't know, know. I'm just messing hey, with you. You know what? Get out of here. I'm American. <laughs> That's my excuse. <laughs> it's also going to star Josh Hartnett, Aubrey Plaza, Carrie Elwes, and Bugsy Malone. Josh Hartnett was also recently in Wrath of Man. Hugh Grant's a regular in Guy Ritchie movies, and obviously Jason Jason Statham is one of his best buds. They've been in like they've done like six movies together or something like that. So Since his, since the beginning, man. Yeah. yeah. He's he's one of Guy Ritchie's first he's,
1: Yeah. Yeah, he's one of the guys who like, really stock.
0: discovered him. Yeah. Um I'm I'm excited about this. I love Guy Ritchie movies. I think he's been on a killing it the last ten to twelve years, even though people talk so much smack about him. He still puts out a movie every two years. Stop talking smack, guys. All right, he's putting out <laughs> two movies this year. It actually looks like a lot of fun. Just like uh Comedy, action, espionage. Aubrey Plaza looks terrific, so sign me up. It looks like a great time. She is booming. Yeah. Her career is in the stratosphere. She's in everything. Next up, we have another Exorcist movie. Russell Crowe battles demons in the first The Pope's Exorcist trailer. Based on a true story, the Julius Avery directed feature will land in theaters on April 14th. It actually looks pretty cool. I mean, Russell Crowe signed up for it, so I mean, he's, he's not... Every one of his movies isn't amazing, but it's cool to see him do a horror film. I, can you think of him doing a horror movie before this? He's never done horror that I know of. I can't think of anything. It looks at, it actually looks pretty solid for the horror genre, for the exorcist genre, the subgenre of the genre. So many genres of the genre. Yeah. Well, technically, what's the one where he's the drive, the angry driver, the road rage guy? Oh, that um, that is yeah, that's, that's a horror it's movie. Like a monster movie. I kind like of. that movie yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because it, it represented you in the car. <laughs> <laughs> it was fun. It was a, that was a fun movie. Um. It looks fun. It looks cool. I love I love exorcist films when they're when they're done right. They can be a lot of a good time in the theater. And it's actually based on an interesting true story about the actual the official exorcist of the Vatican. It was like a real person and he was like the head exorcist of the Catholic Church. Unhinged. Unhinged, that's it. That's yeah. That's the name of the movie. Oh man, it's fun. That's a that's a horror movie. It's great. Next up, the Boston Strangler kid. Yeah, guy. Kieran Knightley and Carrie Coon star in the adaptation of the true crime uh, story. And they <clears throat> they play the two journalists who helped uh, with the investigation and actually helped identify the Boston Strangler. It looks great. Carrie Coon and Kieran Knightley are two extremely talented actors. There's a lot of great co-stars in the film as well. Chris Cooper looks like he's playing the head of the newspaper, who actually is from Boston. So I like how they got some some Boston guys in there. Boston guys and gals. But the accents look good. Uh, Kira's not doing an accent, because not everyone in Boston has an accent. Not everyone. And, uh, but Carrie Coon has a slight one, and it sounds pretty solid. It looks great. I love journalism films and... This is a crazy story you grew up learning about as a kid in, in Boston. Everybody knows about the Boston Strangler. Not to be confused with the Scranton Strangler, <laughs> who I still think was Toby. Moving on to a new trailer for A 1001, starring Tiana Taylor. She's on a mission to keep her family together by any means necessary in her latest movie role. And it seems like it's an intense emotional journey. Yeah, it won the Grand Jury Prize at Sundance uh, the other day. It's crazy. So she has to kidnap her son to keep her family together. Yeah, so she was in she was in prison when in prison when he was little and he was put into the foster care system when she got out she couldn't she couldn't legally take him as her son again so she kidnapped him, gave him a new identity and then he grows up and he's struggling with the repercussions of that. It's an wow. interesting trailer, looks great. There's a new Ryan Reynolds movie in the works. He's just been cast in the new comedy at Paramount, Boy Band. He's also going to produce the project which he also co-wrote with me and, the, me and Earl and the Dying Girls, Jesse Andrews, Ryan Reynolds came up with the concept of the movie Boy Band, which is being kept quiet for now, but would focus on a boy band getting back together. That <laughs> sounds funny. I would love I to like see who, who they're going to cast in addition to Ryan for this. In the that boy sounds band. great. There's some news, because uh, Guy Ritchie's doing the the rounds of press this week, and there's news about Sherlock Holmes 3. And he said that according to... The future of the franchise, he's basically out of it. And he stepped back from it. And he put it, the ball in <clears throat> Robert Downey Jr.'s court. And it's up to Downey when they film the next one. Guy Ritchie will stay on as a producer. Reuben flesher I believe, has signed on to the direct the third film. And the delays have just been caused by Downey wanting to do other things. And I'm sure Jude Law is waiting to do it as well. I love the Sherlock Holmes films. I would love to see a third one. Hopefully it works out because I think that they're really... I just love the idea of a period piece action blockbuster. Like, it's so different from what we usually get on that scale from big pole films. And I love the Sherlock character. And Downey is really excellent as Sherlock. I'd love to see another one. But uh, Guy Ritchie revealed it really is up to Downey if and when it does happen. I really hope we get that. I love those movies, man. Mm-hmm. And also get Hans Zimmer back to do oh the Oh my third god. Score. This, all the scores are so great. And I personally really like A Game of Shadows. I a do lot too. of people yeah. hate on that movie. It's hit or miss. And a, I've, a lot of people I've talked to don't like it, but I, I enjoy the hell out of I it. I actually like it better than the first one. The first one has a great first act, but then I, I like the Moriarty by, Richard, uh, by Jared Harris is fantastic. And I like the overall plot mystery of the second film rather than the supposed supernatural, which Sherlock proves wrong in the first film. Uh, I just... And also, uh, Blackwood wasn't a canon character. It was created for that film. It was still an amazing film. Great introduction to the, the universe in the tone... That Richie and the others developed, but I think the second one is just a phenomenal movie. My, I think it's so well made too. Yeah, it's so but well my crafted. one con with it compared to the, the first one, no, 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 I love the forest okay. sequence. It's cool. Yeah. Dun, 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 dun. I just think the scale's too big sometimes. Uh-huh. It's Sherlock Holmes. He deals with murder mysteries, uh, missing people, yeah, yeah, yeah. cases like that. The first case in the first film. It's a it's a large mystery, it's murders and it's interesting, but it's not save the world. But the Well, st- he was he was about to kill Parliament. I know, but still <laughs> It's still not it like full I kinda, yeah, well, yeah, yeah. Well the thing is you gotta make the stakes big for these for a big movie. They're investing 150 mil. The studio's like we want the stakes and conflict to be massive. True. Okay, yeah, I get it. If it, I would love a small scale Sherlock Holmes film, like a, t- a small budget and just being a small contained mystery. I think that would obviously, obviously work better. But the thing is, Warner Brothers threw $200 million at it. They're like, we want this to be gigantic. That's well, what Well, what's bigger now for the third film than a potential World War World Three? War I mean, they'd have to go to space. I would love it if they... In if, the 1800s. I would love it if it was just like, maybe he solved a, a series of killings. Or there are some really fun mysteries that they could do. Like, really cool, interesting mysteries. I don't want to see Hounds of Baskerville... Because that's been done a few times. They'd at, have to do at, something new. Yeah, probably something new, but they can draw from. There's a couple of where he travels to other countries. That could be fun. They, I think so. Yeah. I think if they brought the scope down, it'd be awesome. I agree. It's too big in scale. Yeah, I see what you mean. Moving on to Creed 3 reactions. If you don't know, we did a IMAX ticket giveaway. Thanks, IMAX, for sponsoring that. Last week, Nicole Perez won. Congratulations. Congrats, Nicole. Um, So Creed 3 reactions are out, and critics are loving it. Calling it a knockout. And a great directorial debut for Michael B. Jordan. Cannot wait to check this out. We're going to see it tomorrow night, obviously in IMAX, because Michael B. Jordan, being so cool and fucking awesome, <laughs> is making his first movie filmed and shot for IMAX. So you got to mm-hmm. see this in IMAX, obviously. Yeah, I think it's smart of him to take the reins of the franchise, just how Stallone did. He directed the second, third, and fourth Rocky movies. So he also, he's like following in the footsteps of taking the reins and control of the trajectory and style and tone of the franchise very cool very smart next up john williams says that the indiana jones in the dial of destiny score is finally finished he quoted he was quoted saying the old mater- material works very well as a touchstone of memory but i had great fun and have a theme that i've written for phoebe waller bridges character i can't wait to hear more music from john williams when did this movie start filming dial of destiny before <laughs> covid i think that's insane. Hold on. Let me check on Wikipedia. So I think during COVID it started actually. Production on Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny started blah, 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 blah. Pre-production was 2019 all the way into filming started. Yeah. 2020. Summer 2020. So 2020 Spielberg dropped down in February as director past the, the, the reins, obviously to Disney to pick someone else with James Mangold. So it began filming in the beginning of early early 2020. Mm-hmm. That's wild. It's been that long, into this movie in production. Well, I mean... with lo- I mean, obviously, lockdowns and everything's delayed it for a it's, year. But it's not... Just, I mean, it's pretty common. I mean, well, actually, yeah, this is... Well, it's 2023, if I... <laughs> It's, it's, <laughs> this is pretty long yeah, man yeah, i didn't a while. while i keep forgetting it's 2023 man <laughs> i was like two years isn't that bad i was like oh you know it's three years yeah, that's that's quite a long time but i mean yeah they were dealing with under- oh i'm sorry it's june 2021 principal photography began oh then that's standard that's totally standard sorry about a couple that, of years no so co- so covid locked shut it down for a whole year though huh it, was it shut down the pre-production to, it was supposed to start filming in 2020 that's what it is that's what it is yeah so yeah that's not even that long honestly that's pretty standard Alright, let's do some more news. We got Trick or Treat, the iconic cult classic Halloween film, is getting a sequel and it's going to star the new Scream Queen from her old Scream Queen days. Winona <laughs> Ryder. <laughs> Winona Ryder. She is gonna be the lead in Michael Darty's. Trick or treat sequel. Uh, no word yet on what it's going to be called. Trick Probably. or treat. Trick or treat. Trick or treat. Trick or treating. Trick or That's treat. What they should call it <laughs> trick or treat. It's not trick or treat, huh? <laughs> it's it just say trick or treat. Trick or treat. Trick or treat. Yeah, trick or treat. <laughs> no, I'm just specifically making sure that everyone understands. I'm accents. You know, let they, they say trick or treat or trick or treat? Trick or treat. Uh, kids are us. <laughs> <Shut up. laughs> Toys are us exactly <laughs> motherfucker there's no such thing as <laughs> trick or treat yeah <laughs> but no one says trick or treat let's go trick or treat. that's what treater. I'm saying everybody says trick or treat <laughs> anyways uh, did you know that trick or treat was actually not released in theaters yeah it was a it originally it was a VOD release that's why one, I call one it one it of the earliest ones cult classic yeah it's one of the, it's. A, I think it's one of the most successful early VOD releases ever you showed me that with a uh, DVD rental, from Netflix, <laughs> Netflix like, by mail came in the mail in an envelope. <laughs> Remember those <laughs> envelopes? How dirty they were! Oh my god, they would get filthy. <laughs> like you would no, but you, they would show up. They would just be a filthy yeah, yeah. Netflix envelope. Yeah, you're oh like, oh yeah, here it is. Trick or treat. I hope they wipe this down. <laughs> <laughs> Next up, some Marvel news. Considering for the film Thunderbolts, which is coming out in 2024, Stephen Young has officially been cast. As a very important role, who will be appearing in multiple films in the future of the MCU, Uh, great actor. I think it's a smart choice to snatch him up. Um, Marvel, who like who hasn't been in a Marvel movie now? (laughs) (laughs) I know, right? (laughs) Everyone, Brad Pitt. (laughs) Oh, he's he's in Deadpool. Deadpool. (laughs) This technically a Marvel movie now. Yeah, Uh, crap. Uh, George Clooney. George Clooney has not been in a Marvel movie yeah. yet. So we- <laughs> he'll be someone when he's Denzel. old. Denzel. Yeah. Okay. There's a couple. There's a few. There's a few <laughs> actors. Actually. I'm just answering your question. You was it a rhetorical question? I'm sorry. It, no. Yeah. It was. rhetorical. It was, it was, rhetorical, I it was it. a sarcastic question. A sarcastic. I know there, question. I know there are actors who haven't been in Marvel movies. Only. Only three. <laughs> just them two. <laughs> and Meryl Streep. And Meryl Streep. <laughs> Everyone else has been in a Marvel movie. No, it's cool news. I mean, he's he's been blown up as well. He's an excellent actor. So it's cool to see if him. If anyone wants to see a really cool movie that he's in, there's a South Korean film called Burning, which came out in 2018, and it is fantastic, and he's amazing in it. Well, where can we watch it, Anthony? Amazon Prime. Nice. Get it on your watch list. It's excellent. Some David Fincher news. He's been doing some rounds as well and getting interviewed probably for The Killer, which is upcoming. And he's explaining why... Netflix's original show, Mindhunter, which a lot of people love, it has a cult following, will not get a third season. Now, he said that, and previously we always heard that his commitment to other projects was to blame, but it seems that it's kind of Netflix's fault for not meeting his budget. So to quote David Fincher, I'm very proud of the first two seasons, but it's a very expensive show, and in the eyes of Netflix, we didn't attract enough of an audience to justify such an investment. I don't blame them. They took risks to get that show off the ground gave me the means to do Mank the way I wanted to do it, and they allowed me to venture down new paths with The Killer, which I cannot wait. It's a blessing to be able to work with people who are capable of boldness. The day our desires are not the same. We have to be honest about parting ways, so it just seems like it's a budget issue. Audience probably wasn't big enough, and if you watch that show, definitely has a huge budget. Lots of locations, lots of exteriors, interiors, pretty big cast, and so I understand why... Clearly, the budget's too big for Netflix in terms of their audience. And it has a shit ton of visual effects. Yeah. <laughs> uh, they shot a ton of stuff, even exteriors in front of green screens. Have you seen behind the scenes on No, of it? not yet. Like, there's shots where the two leads are, like, outside and they, like, go to their trunk to pick something up out of their, take something out of the trunk, and it, they're just in front of a green screen. And then Fincher had his team put in, like, a, a motel behind them, like an exterior during the day. It's, like, the visual effects of that show is insane because it doesn't look like visual effects. The one thing, the, like the biggest con for me for this never happening is that the backdrop of that serial yeah. killer, the, we the never, strangler guy or something? It's stuff? the torture, TRC, the torture. TRC, yeah, yeah. Yeah, torture, kill, or TRK, yeah. mm-hmm. a TKR, something TK, like that, Yeah, TKR sounds familiar, yeah. Where we never get the finished story of that character which yeah. was always just teased for a while as the backdrop he didn't even show up in every episode but we were always just following him while the investigators were following other serial killers we yeah. were, the audience was following this serial killer because probably one of the worst in the history of North America so it's disappointing to not see the conclusion of that story but uh, it'd be of, sick if imagine if you made a movie about that lots of, unquest- lots of unanswered questions for that show but I understand yeah great cast too Jonathan Groff um Holt what's his last name I can't remember and then what's her name for I am so I'm so bad with names today from the last of us Oh you're thinking of um Anna Torv and then Anna Torv yeah what's the Holt's Mc, Holt something Holt McCallany Holt McCallan yeah yeah that's him he's in mine. yeah his name was Robert Paulson his name, his name, his name is was Robert, Robert Paulson. Paulson that he's that actor <laughs> from Fight Club Moving on Succession disappointing news No I don't think it's disappointing Succession will end with season 4 So the show is going to come to an end at at the end of the season right now I think that's great they're not extending it too long and it seems like a like if the showrunners are like this is the story that we had in mind I think that's great it doesn't I, guess, I, I don't yeah. it's a, it's about the succession of the of the company so like they got to pick a successor eventually it can't be 10 seasons of waiting yeah, that's true. So I, I actually think it's good news in that it seems like it's very appropriate and works with the structure of the story they set up. And I'm just, now this gets me more excited for the season to see who is it going to be eventually. Yeah. Who do you think it's going to be? Greg. Greg? <laughs> Greg the egg? I think that's, the de- that's Greg's <laughs> destiny. No way. No effing way. I think it's going <laughs> to... If I'm... Uh, it's tough. I'd probably say Shiv. I'm probably guessing Shiv, but it might change. I think it's going to be someone who's not obvious. Greg the Egg. <laughs> <laughs> All right, yeah, so that's actually a good point. Yeah. It, it means that it will be, will, they'll go out guns blazing. And I'm sure the writers and creators want to make other projects. And if you're just milking this show for a couple more seasons, then maybe they'll they'll lose their touch with the characters. So it's probably better to end it while you're on top. We'll end it on a high note. Exactly. Okay. okay. And then Skarsgård is apparently going to have a huge role in this series now. Maybe he'll get In this new season. Maybe he'll get the succession. Because he's just been, he's had a couple of episodes in the last season, but they've been setting him up to have a very juicy role this season. Hmm. All right, cool. And then final bit of news we have is the Mandalorian. We got some new character posters. And it seems like there's going to be a whole clan of Mandalorians fighting together. And it seems also like Bo-Katan is going to be an essential and probably a kind of like co-lead almost with, Mandal- with Mando in this show, it seems like. I bet that they're going to watch the reaction to her and see maybe we can make a sp- a show of her own mm-hmm. after this if fans really love her. It's crazy that... Spin-off characters are getting their own spin-off shows and the, spin- <laughs> and the characters in the spin-off shows Are gonna get their own spin-off shows It's wild, man What, what a time to what be What a alive. time, Disney <laughs> do, 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 do. You like, Jab, Star, jam, War? jam, you like Jab. Star Wars? Here's another one Here's Jab. another show Jab. Boom, 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 boom. Oh, you have stuff to do tonight? Not anymore You're watching Bo-Katan <laughs> The Adventures of Bo-Katan in the Desert of Tatooine <laughs> Get her a little sidekick <laughs> star wars fans are rolling their eyes at you I right now <laughs> you know i'm right this is the 17th show <laughs> uh, uh jinx but i'm excited about mando's yeah uh, it comes three. out in what a march a of first weeks? and oh, so oh, wow. once the last of us is over mandalorian season three will be the main tv show that we'll be covering on the show, probably with succession as well because the succession is in april right succession starts in march Oh man, well, maybe we'll do both those. Succession every week. takes over the slot once The Last of Us is done. All right, cool. So then The uh, Last of Us has three more episodes, w- including today, so three in total. And then once that's done airing, Succession is going right into that Ooh, slot on uh, Sunday nights. Should we do Successions on Mondays? I think that we should do, I don't think we should do separate episodes because Succession doesn't have the same kind of viewership as those shows. Yeah, like Mando's going to be I huge. think we should do like a series review and then a season review of the fourth season. I think it's a good that idea. That's what we should do. It's a good idea, Anthony. All right, uh, episode's coming to you this week. Obviously, the Last of Us episode 7 review tomorrow. You don't want to miss it. It's going to be Left Behind, which is the extra content on Last of Us part 1, which I just finished. So that I oh, can, you finished it? Yeah, I finished it so that I can talk about the differences between the game and the show because this entire episode, based on the trailer, seems to be based just off that uh, that part of the game hey thanks for doing that man yeah I mean I gotta go to this is part of the job this <laughs> is work hard, hard work part of the someone's job. gonna do it <laughs> it's, it's one of the coolest parts of the game not gonna lie it's super fun and then Tuesday what are we doing anything Nothing Tuesday. Nothing yet. Yeah. Well, we might change that. Wednesday's weekly chat. Thursday is going to be an epic. Oh, next week is going to be Born Week. That's Bourne right. Born Week. We're going to do Born Identity on Thursday, the Born Supremacy on Friday, and then on Saturday, wrap it up with the Born Ultimatum. We're not going to fucking touch the other two <laughs> for now. <laughs> <laughs> but we're going to do the. What other two? I don't even. I don't. There are other movies? <laughs> I wish I wish I never saw them either, man. Um, we're gonna have we're gonna talk talk about the original Great Born trilogy three days in a row. It's gonna be incredible. I just watched uh them this past weekend. Same and bro. It was fantastic. Same bro. You know oh what we should do God. for Tuesday if we have time? Uh Knock at the cabin. Do you review. think we should have seven episodes in a week though? It's yeah. a lot of episodes. Maybe next Tuesday we'll do Knock at the Cabin. Maybe, yeah. Maybe yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I liked it. It was pretty good. It was pretty good. It, it was better than old. Yeah. I gave it a three star rating on Letterbox. I, I, I was like, you know what? It was it was pretty good. It was, it was really good. well made. Yeah, but I I get the thing is for the first time in a Shyamalan movie, I guessed the ending immediately. I yeah. guessed that ending. Yeah. within five minutes. Yeah, I don't want to spoil. I it. I predicted it. It seemed kind of obvious. Yeah, but it's based on a book, and so I, I won't. I, I don't <laughs> want to spoil anything, but I thought it was really well made. And yeah, he's a great. He's a very good director. For his last ten years, it might be the best movie he's done. Oh, uh, split, man. Okay, okay. Split. Well, split was two thousand nine. No, it wasn't. Split. It's not that old. Yeah. On. Hold, 2009? Hold on. Two thousand nine. What are you smoking? The devil's lettuce. <laughs> <laughs> Your eyes are as right red as the devil's dick. Split two thousand sixteen. <laughs> <laughs> <Jesus laughs> I was Christ. way off. Two thousand nine. My God. Oh, yeah, James McAvoy was like wanted back then. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> this fucking guy. This fucking guy. He, All right. I, he did last Airbender adaptation that year, I think. All right. Anyways, yeah. well. Okay, it's, you I, know what's funny is someone, I saw a meme where Sha Emma has made three of the worst movies ever made with the Avatar the Last Airbender. Uh, the uh the the, the happening. F- the happening and then the fantasy one with oh the lady in the water Lady in the water <laughs> <laughs> half that movie is just some guy doing curls oh my god that movie. If, if i, I wanted to watch water, water, arm, the arm i guy, would just go to the gym if i want to watch that all day that's such a bad it's such a bad movie it's so bad <laughs> i think it's his lowest rated film it's it's like less yeah. it's like a couple percent on ron tomatoes i remember seeing that in theaters and even as a kid i was like the fuck <laughs> i think it's under 10 percent. it's yeah oh man <laughs> but i liked i liked knock at the cabin I uh, had a few issues. I had yeah. few issues with it, but I thought it was really well made. Uh, but again, like the dialogue is still like you have a uh, kids are talking. It, well, just everyone's his dialogue is so weird. Honestly, well, way he had the, two other people write the screenplay with him. But the way his characters speak, sometimes the dialogue is just like people don't talk like this. Well, I think the new norm with a lot of child characters in movies today is they have to be super genius. They have to be. They're all highly they intelligent. Yeah, yeah, they have to be really precocious. Which I like that in movies, but when it's in every movie or every TV show, every kid is the most precocious genius, yeah. future astronaut. It's like uh, uh, okay, kids. I was just playing like with lightsabers yeah. and stuff. Because <laughs> most kids are they're not like that. I was that. playing Game Boy. But even the adults, it's just all the dialogue. It's just it's just the way the dialogue is written in his movies. It's so it's odd sometimes. Yeah, it's just I yeah. It, it's like very it's just weird. The Village would be a perfect movie with a little bit better dialogue. I think. Yeah, yeah. Because I I love that movie, but sometimes the but dialogue the village worked because it was a period setting. Well, you... yeah, but still, even though I, I'm not saying that the type of like the Victorian era of dialogue, yeah, I'm just talking about the dialogue in general. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sometimes they people like some of the lines are like really, yeah. But hey, I still think M Knight's great. Yeah. he's a great director. He can be. <laughs> he is. Yeah. He's a. He's an excellent he's great director. He's an excellent practical filmmaker. Yeah, I would just say just his writing and is just. His he knows hobby. how to direct, and he knows how to use the camera really well. Yeah, there's he's, some great shots in the cabin. He's terrific. Yeah. Some, some great shots. There are some really good ones. Yeah. Um. Anyways, that wraps movie news. Was this like number 88? Don't forget, if you're in Canada and you can be in Toronto on March 3rd, you got to enter that contest for our live concert giveaway giveaway with. Glatz Concerts. You don't want to miss that opportunity. March 3rd, this Friday, I believe that is, is when the date of that live show is in Toronto. So enter that contest. If you can be there, we'd love to send you on that trip. Good luck, everyone, and see you next time.